You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. All right, so when, when God closes a door, He what? Right? How, how would you finish that sentence? When God closes a door, He opens another door, opens a window. Any other thoughts of what He does? And sometimes he, he locks it with a deadbolt because He knows I'm going to try and open it anyway. Right? That's, that's what He does with me sometimes. But right, when God closes a door, He opens another door, or He opens a window. This is, this is one of those Bible verses that's found in, in First Hesitations. Right, right next to God helps those who help themselves. In case, in case you missed that one, there's no first hesitations. Right? Neither of these are Bible verses. They sound biblical. They sound like something that, that God might say. Um, and, and they're ones that, they're phrases that we use enough that we kind of just assume they're found somewhere in the Bible. But neither of these phrases are found anywhere in the Bible. So what does God do when He closes a door? To consider that question today, we're going to take a look at what he does for Paul, uh, for the Apostle Paul in his, uh, we're going to look at his second missionary journey. Paul goes on three missionary journeys, uh, and so on his second journey, uh, God closes a couple doors. Uh, and so how does Paul respond, and how does God respond to that? So let's, let's take a look at Acts chapter 16, uh, verses 6 through 8. So again, Paul and his cohorts, they're, they're traveling, they're in the midst of their second missionary journey, and it says, and they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. So having been forbidden by God, by the Spirit, to go tell the people of Asia about Jesus. And so when they, then, when they had then come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went to Troas. Now, how many of you are geographic scholars and know where all of those places are? One. Okay. Uh, how about we look at a map so we can kind of get an idea uh, of where all these places were. So uh, here is where they're at. So this is Paul's second missionary journey. You see it starts. Oh, we've got to turn it on. There we go. It starts, um, it starts down here and goes all the way up here, and they get to Antioch. That's where they're at right now. And so um, most scholars believe that Paul wanted to go this way, wanted to go through Asia, through these seven churches, and get to Ephesus. Um, But they were not allowed to go through Asia, so they went up north. And then they wanted to go into Bithynia, but they weren't allowed to go into Bithynia by the Spirit. And so they go this way through Mysia, to Troas, and that's when they get to Samothrace, or Samothrace um, Theosis, Neapolis, and eventually Philippi up here, which Philippi, you know, the book of Philippians, that, that was written to the church in Philippi. Um, but this then, Macedonia, right, this area is Europe, right? So here's Asia, and here is Europe, right? So again, they tried, they tried to go through Asia, and the Spirit said no, so they go up north, and they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit says no. So they go through, uh, they go kind of around Asia to Troas into Europe. 
Now, now we don't really know exactly how the Spirit said no. It could have been a vision or a direct revelation, which we see later, right? We see this direct revelation saying, hey, come to Macedonia, right? Paul sees this vision of a guy asking them to come to Macedonia. We don't know if that happened earlier um, or if that was just to get him to co- go to Macedonia, the, call, the Macedonian call, um, or if maybe there were circumstances, like maybe, maybe there was some hostility around here, and so they just couldn't go this way. Maybe, maybe the interstate was out, right? They were doing construction. They just couldn't get through here, so they had to go north. Again, no interstate. Um, sorry. Uh, but, but so maybe it was circumstances that, that made them go around. But, but Paul doesn't, because of the Spirit, Paul doesn't go west to Ephesus and, and then eventually doesn't go north into Bithynia. Instead, he and his companions go to Troas, and while in Troas, he again has this vision to go to Macedonia. And so they go through a few cities to get to Philippi, that major city in Macedonia. And when they do that, outside the city gates, they meet this woman named Lydia, whose heart is opened by the Spirit. And she's baptized, and her entire family is baptized and brought into this knowledge of Jesus as their Savior. And all of that happened, that, that happened with, with Lydia and her family, and then that just balloons out into Europe because God closed a couple of doors. So in this case, you could say that God closed a door and opened another door or opened a window. But again, I want you to take a look at the rest of, so again, we're here, take a look at the rest of this journey. Right? I said earlier that Paul probably wanted to go this way to Ephesus. Does he eventually get to Ephesus? Yeah, he gets to Ephesus. So maybe God closed a door and said, here, I want you to take the long way around to get to where you wanted to go. And so because of that, again, we get into Europe, and he still gets to go where he intended to go. So God closed a door to Ephesus for a few years, but then he opened that door back up. But what about all this area, right? If, if Paul wanted to go through this area, what about these churches in here? Was Paul ever able to go through this area? Well, let's take a look at the third missionary journey. So let's go to the next map. Hey-oh, look at that. This is why I think most scholars believe that Paul wanted to go this way, because it's where he goes on the third journey. So this one then, Paul, God closed a door initially but opens the exact same door a number of years later, right? So again, we're just, ta- we're just doing some history right now. We'll get, we'll get back to this. But what about Bithynia, right? Uh, so when they couldn't go this way, they went north in the second missionary journey and tried to go into Bithynia. Did they ever get to Bithynia? If you don't know, now let's take a look. One more map for you all. Um, this is all three of Paul's missionary journeys laid over the top of each other, um, along with Paul's fourth journey all the way to Rome. So we had to kind of shift the map over. So this is Bithynia. Did they ever make it into Bithynia to preach the good news? No. So here you could say that God closed a door and kept it closed forever for Paul. Right? So in these few verses in Acts, right? Three verses. We see that God, when God closes a door, sometimes he opens another door. Sometimes he opens a door that takes you a long way around to the same room. Sometimes he opens the exact same door later. 
And sometimes he keeps that door shut forever. So maybe, right, so, so we don't get an exact answer. What happens when God closes a door? Lots of things, right? When God closes a door, he closes a door. And, and he has a reason that he closes that door. So maybe it's not about what God does when he closes the door. Maybe what we need to think about today is what we do, what I do when God closes the door, right? God closed the door on Paul and company going through Asia and going into Bithynia. And so I want you to hear this quote uh, from David Bast in his book, The Macedonian Call. He says, it's easy to imagine how frustrated the missionaries had to have been as they traveled the whole length of Asia Minor, right? Here they were with great plans and equally great opportunities, and nothing seemed to be working right. It was one obstacle, one delay, one roadblock after another. They must have been praying the whole time for God to clear the way for them, but one door after another slammed in their faces. So what did they do after one door after another kept closing and kept closing, right? Did, did they give up? Do, do, do they forge ahead with their own plans? No, right? That's why this is such an important lesson for us to, to consider these few verses that lead us to the Macedonian call. Sometimes where we want to go, where I want to go, where you want to go, no matter how much good it would bring, is not where we were meant to be or where we're needed to be, right? Imagine if Paul and his friends would have insisted on following their planned itinerary. Right? If, if they would have forged ahead with their own plan, they would have missed hearing from God. Again, another, another scholar, Heath Rogers, wrote uh, responding to the Macedonian call, and in that he writes, the reason that Paul was not allowed to preach the gospel in Asia or Bithynia was because he was needed in Macedonia. If we're going to respond to the Macedonian call, we must open, or we must be open to different kinds of opportunities. Sometimes the best prospects for the gospel are not obvious, uh, and they're not always found where we are used to looking. So for, for you and me, right, that Macedonian call, it might not be uh, a call to pack up your bags and move overseas to go on some foreign missions. It might be the case, maybe, but, but that's not necessarily the case. But, but this is a reminder for us what the, what the prophet Isaiah told us thousands of years ago. I, Isaiah 55 says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Right? For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So think back to a time when your thoughts and God's thoughts were not on the same page. Maybe, maybe you don't have to think back so far. Right, today, a little later in the service, we're going to be celebrating some of our graduates and, and how God has, has worked through their lives, and a lot of them are getting ready to follow God's calling to the next step in their lives. Right? So, so think back to a time, maybe that was back in high school, or maybe it was back in college, or uh, you know, where, where those didn't line up, your, your desire for your life and God's call. So when you realize this dissonance, what do you do? Right? One option is you could just freeze and not do anything because you're not sure which way to go and you don't want to make the wrong decision. Or, or you could just plow ahead. I'm just, this is what I want to do, so this is what I'm going to do. Or you could kind of keep going back and forth. 
trying to really go down two directions at once and not really get anywhere. Or you could give up your will and choose to follow God's will. And when I think about this, I think back to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Right, as Jesus prepared himself to be arrested and beaten and killed and forsaken by the Father, what did he do? He prayed. Right? He prayed over and over and over again, and he prayed something along the lines of, Father, if there's any other way that, that, that we can save all of mankind, my will, my desire is that we do it the other way. But not my will, but yours be done. And basically, Father, if, if there's any other door out of this, I'd like to go through that door. Uh, but if this is the way that you want me to go, Please shut all the other doors. Right? And, and we see in Jesus' life that the only door that, that is left open is the door that leads to the cross. Right? And thanks be to God that Jesus didn't try and go backwards or, or push through the closed doors. Jesus fo- followed the Father's will to the cross, into the tomb, and then out of the tomb, claiming victory over sin, death, and the devil. And Jesus did that for you and for me. That's also what Paul and all of his friends did, right? They kept praying and kept moving forward. All the while, they were asking God to close doors and open others. Now, now we don't get that exactly in the text, but that's what we can surmise based on how these verses are written, that, that they were trying to follow God's will, that they were trying to desire God's will, and they saw it. They heard God's will, and so they, they went a direction different from what they were planning on doing. And because... They followed the the doors that God opened for them and didn't try and go the way that God had closed. Lydia and her entire family are baptized and brought into God's family. And and also we see the the gospel, the good news of Jesus spreading into Europe. Also, a a little over 500 years ago, there's the story of, of a man who was planning on entering law school. That was his will, that was his desire, was, was to go to law school, to be a lawyer, to make a great name for himself. Uh, but, but one night, the story goes that he was caught in a violent thunderstorm. And in the midst of that storm, he promised God through St. Anne, but he promised God that if he survived, that he would become a monk. And he did survive. And God closed the door on law school and opened the door to a lifetime of godly service. Anybody know who that man was? It's Martin Luther, right? And because Luther followed those open doors, rather than trying to go back on his promise, we today have a clearer understanding of God's teaching. So this week, I really want you to consider, what do you do when God closes a door? Honestly, like I said earlier, like I like to ram a shoulder into that door until I break through which I always regret later, or I like to keep ramming my shoulder into that door until I'm in so much pain that I finally give up and begrudgingly follow God's path. Right? But every time I look back and I see why God closed certain doors and opened others for me. Often, and I only do this half-jokingly, I, I like to call Stacy my Holy Spirit. Um, because so often she sees these closed doors and these open doors for our family better than I do. 
uh, especially for my life. Uh, she sees those really well. Sometime, uh, I don't have time to do it right now, but sometime I'd love to talk to you about uh, when we were in seminary and we were preparing for our first call and how many times I tried to ram through closed doors and Stacy kept just saying, nope, let's go through the open doors. Right? But, but this week especially, I want you to focus in on those doors that God is closing in your lives and how you respond and also, uh, more importantly, focus on those doors that God is opening and how you follow His path that He has prepared for you. Because following that path that God has prepared for you just might lead to entire families or entire nations being brought into God's family. It did for Jesus. It did for Paul. And who knows what it will do for you? Well, God knows what it will do for you. And again, He says, for, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. When God closes a door, He does it for a reason. We might not always know the reason, and we might not always know what He's up to, but His ways and His thoughts are higher than than yours and mine. So let's follow God's will. Let's follow the doors that He opens for us today and every day. Amen? Amen.